You're listening to Health Call Live, the area's only live local interactive radio hour devoted to you and your health. Watch the video live stream on the Health Call Facebook page and call us with your questions at 447-1190 or toll free at 800-333-1190. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. Yeah, good morning again. Great to be with you. No place I'd rather be on Saturday mornings right here hanging out with you, talking about what's new in the world of health and medicine. This week, I saw several reports about an increase in the number of drug overdoses due to fentanyl showing up on the streets. Something's going on. There seems to be a heck of a lot of that stuff coming across the border. The drug, extremely powerful. I probably, you've heard that, right? The way that they're making these pills is just very sloppy. And the problem seems to be that a young person tries this at a party or whatever, and, and fine, they get through it the first time. The next time, the pill they get is so much stronger that it results in an overdose. And, you know, that second pill could be five, ten, hundred times stronger. Nobody really knows. So, this is a huge problem, one that um, you're going to be hearing more about as the summer rolls on. There just seems to be something going on down at the border and all this stuff coming in from overseas. As serious as this is, though, it affects nowhere near as many families as alcohol abuse, you probably know someone who has probably drinks too much, they've been arrested, they lost their job, maybe they've ruined their family, they've wound up in divorce because of alcohol. Alcoholics Anonymous, that's the best-known treatment, but it only works about 25% of the time. There are prescription medications available, but then again, they are not all that effective. So, a study published recently caught my eye because it reported a significant reduction in heavy drinking days among people who underwent a combination of talk therapy counseling and two supervised doses of a psychedelic drug. Psilocybin, that's the ingredient that puts the magic into magic mushrooms. Well, a Canadian biotech company, they're launching a formal clinical trial to gather data and test how well this really works to fight alcoholism. It is a full-on, double-blind, placebo-controlled study by a company called Clairvoyant. I talked with its co-founder and the CEO, Damien Kettlewell, to learn more about it. He said they are modeling their study on research conducted by a university professor. What happened in that trial, there was two doses of, uh, of psilocybin. So we're using synthetic psilocybin, 25 milligram oral capsules uh, used in uh, combination with, uh, with talk therapy, uh, motivational enhancement therapy. In our case, and so what's unique about our, our about our research is we're researching, of course, the effect of the drug, but it's the combination of the drug uh, in combination with talk therapy that really brings in the strong efficacy. So, um, uh, and we're delighted to share that uh, this uh, this researcher from the University of New Mexico moved to NYU Langone, and there was a follow-up study done that was published a few weeks ago. And that study showed a 83% drop in the number of heavy drinking days uh, with two doses of uh, synthetic psilocybin in combination with uh, over 15 hours of psychotherapy in, in that case. This, this um, dosage of 25 milligrams of synthetic psilocybin oral capsules has been dosed in over 30, 300 healthy patients, uh, human patients. And so we're on track to get an interim analysis readout um, in mid-2023 
And we believe that with the strong efficacy and the durability that we'll be able to uh, pivot into a phase three trial in our three target jurisdictions, which are the EU, UK and Canada. You said that you're seeing an 83% reduction in that initial study in heavy drinking days, correct? It was a secondary study, an academic study from uh, NYU Langone that was published in JAMA Psychiatry a few weeks ago. Uh, and yes, so uh, heavy drinking days are uh, defined as uh, in, in a male as someone who's drinking five or more drinks a day and in a female four or more drinks a day. And so what happens is uh, in, in our cases, we, we use an e-diary, an electronic device to uh, track the number, to track drinking daily. Uh, and then we can record all that data and run it through our statistical analysis with our clinical research organization and uh, and provide data showing uh, how effective uh, this uh, 24 so our trial is a we have a 24 week treatment period um, and so we can see how effective uh, the um, see how effective the psilocybin therapy is in reducing the number of heavy drinking days so it's a quantitative uh, endpoint as far as you know, it's it's uh, definitely just measuring those days. But just to be clear, so the data that I was referencing was academic study. We are a new uh, biotech company. We are referencing the academic data and uh, moving ahead. We're a for-profit company. Uh, we are in the process of uh, being a B Corp, uh, but uh, we are um, definitely uh, moving ahead and uh, looking forward to bring a new uh, commercial treatment model uh, to, uh, to, for, to doctors so we can market it to doctors and, and help patients. So I assume that you're using synthetic psilocybin because then dosage is predictable. If I'm doing a natural extract, I can't really control it all that well. So I assume that's why you're doing the synthetic process, correct me if I'm wrong. But then tell me, what is there about psilocybin that makes it effective? What is this psychedelic impact? What's happening in my brain? Do we know? So what the science has shown to date and the mechanisms of action hasn't uh, been 100% approved out, but the research that done, has been done to date has shown that the psilocybin works in a default mode network. And so in our brains, we have a, uh, a, default, a default mode network that controls our, our ego and our sense of self. Uh, and when you are having a psychedelic uh, experience um, and you are able to, um, you're able to view yourself through a different lens, and in many cases, in our case with addiction, uh, these uh, addiction behaviors are often related to uh, traumatic events that have occurred in someone's life earlier. They're, they're masking that trauma by, uh, by, by overconsuming a controlled substance. And so what happens in combination, and you know, definitely uh, this is not a, uh, we're not advocating for people to do this on their own. Um, this is something that science shows works with psychotherapy. And with, in our case, we will have 20 hours of psychotherapy. And on the two treatment days, uh, we will have two, um, we'll have, actually have two therapists in the room, uh, one trained in motivational enhancement therapy and one trained in psychedelic-specific therapy. So, uh, of course, it's all monitored by a medical doctor, uh, and we have um, site investigators at, uh, at all of our sites. And uh, we're fortunate because the the team that we're working with uh, has recently completed a alcohol use study, an alcohol use ordered a study for a different uh, biotech company, a non psychedelic, and so we're able to uh, take best practices from that FDA approved trial 
uh, trial design and uh, and utilize existing resources uh, at 283 million folks around the world that are suffering from alcohol use disorder. So it is a is a large unmet medical need, and um, you know we are not doing mental health. We're not doing. Uh, sort of TRD or treatment-resistant depression or invasive depressive disorder or you know, PTSDs. There's other studies that are occurring in those fields, um, but we've uh, focused on a niche strategy and uh, in niche markets, uh, and uh, we really believe that uh, we're going to make a significant impact and improve the lives of our patients. And in speaking with insurance companies uh, in regards to reimbursement, uh, in speaking with medical doctors, they are clamoring uh, for uh, for assistance and for new uh, therapies, drugs, uh, drug therapies to prescribe to their patients because their patients are uh, are really struggling, and there is not a strong uh, treatment modality to help these patients that are coming into emergencies and are falling and breaking limbs, and, and uh, their doctors are are, uh, are quite frustrated. That uh, and so it is uh, it is our duty to uh, to put forward a. Uh, a new treatment modality with strong efficacy, strong durability, uh, and uh, and help people, um, you know, in many cases, uh, help with their family get, and continue with their work, and uh, really enrich their lives. So it's a, uh, you know, addiction is is something that is, uh, you know, there's other addiction areas in regards to tobacco use disorder, opioid use disorder, uh, but we are starting uh, and focused on alcohol use disorder and. Um, we have recently uh, just uh, screened our first patient, so that is a big milestone, and we're on track to uh, to randomize our first patient in the next uh, in the next month or so. So that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Using psilocybin to treat alcohol abuse—it's illegal at the federal level. But that you know, that's kind of—it's interesting what's going on with that. The city of Denver has decriminalized it. The state of Oregon is now on path to have a regulated process to use psilocybin in therapy. And uh, a whole state of Colorado is going to vote on whether to make it a legal drug for the state coming up in November. So definitely there is a movement underway. And it's really driven by a lot of research that's finding when you're on psilocybin, you are breaking out of historic thought patterns. So you kind of open your mind to new ways of thinking about things and seeing your life. And so let's learn more about that side of it. I want to know what happens while you're in the treatment process, what happens in the room, how is all of that managed, and we get to that next as we learn more about using psilocybin to fight alcoholism on the Health Call Live Radio Hour on WoWo. Welcome back to Health Call Live, where health information is free and the stethoscope is never cold. We're here to answer your questions at 447-1190. Now, back to health and wellness correspondent, Lee Kelso. And we are taking a look at using the ingredient from magic mushroom psilocybin to treat alcoholism. A company called Clairvoyant is starting a formal clinical trial in Canada, the UK, and Europe to discover if a combination of talk therapy and synthetic form of psilocybin can break the cycle of alcohol use disorder. The CEO is Damon Kettlewell, and he's leading the team with lots of experience bringing new drugs to market as they try to ramp up through a formal double-blind clinical trial. So how about that? Would you volunteer to undergo a psychedelic experience to maybe try and kick the bottle? Well, maybe not. But hundreds of people certainly lined up to try and give it a shot. 
it's quite amazing. We had over, we have had over 200 patients, uh, potential patients, uh, register for our trial at one site. Um, and so that is um, that is incredibly high level of interest. You know, they have to you know go through the screening, and then they have to you know meet all the exclusion and inclusion criteria. But just from that initial you know uh, advertising from our, our, our first trial site, uh, it is quite uh, quite phenomenal. Uh, the team is uh, is really quite excited, and we're excited to be working with some of Canada's leading universities and uh, leading universities in, in Europe as well to uh, for this trial. I want to go back to the treatment protocol and that experience of the patient. So I'm in the room with two trained counselors while I take 25 Mm -hmm. milligrams of synthetic psilocybin. What is that patient feeling? What are they experiencing during that process? And are they interacting with the therapist at that time? Are they kind of in their own little bubble and having a, a psychedelic experience? Right. So it is a placebo-controlled trial, and so half of our patients, we have 128 subjects, and uh, half of them will receive placebo. Um, but there are uh, there is a relatively strong efficacy in, in talk therapy alone. Talk therapy alone. Um, but uh, for the groups that receive the active substance, that receive the 25 milligrams of, of synthetic psilocybin, every every experience is different. Um, and so uh, looking at the data out there and, and recordings of, of psychedelic experiences, um, it really depends. But the role of the therapist is to support. Uh, and we are uh, actually about a third of the way through uh, training 40 of our therapists. And uh, these therapists have to go through 30 hours of training. Uh, but they are already you know qualified. And, and licensed uh, counselors, therapists, um, psychiatrists in some cases. Uh, and so you've got these uh, these therapists that have been trained, uh, that have been practicing an addiction uh, for, in many cases, a number of decades. And then they get this additional uh, training experience. And a few of our therapists have, uh, have been trained in MDMA uh, therapy for PTSD as well. Uh, and so now they're getting trained in psilocybin uh, therapy. And so what happens um, in regards to your question is a patient uh, will, a subject, will will assuming they get the active substance they will go into uh there's a sense of um everyone's experience is different but you know i mentioned this default mode network you can start having you know experiences that memories that come back from certain stages of your life um and you're able to uh you're able to uh, re-examine some of the preconceived ideas uh, of, of who you are, what you are, what you've done, uh, and really it allows one sense of ego to dissolve, to dissolve and uh, you're able to look at yourself, uh, examine yourself, many, uh, many subjects say, uh, through a new lens, and through those new lens you're able to start to understand the reasons, uh, start to understand the process, some of this trauma, and uh, understand why, uh, potentially why you have uh, taken on an addictive um, personality through substance abuse, and um, you know, and really, but that's, that's that talk therapy that is that is really critical to uh, get that strong efficacy. Let me go back to that for just a second. So during my experience, while I'm under the influence, the therapist is in the room talking me through things. Is that right? They're they're helping me kind of walk back through those moments that may have sparked my addiction. So the there, it really the therapists are trained. To to guide uh, the um, the subjects and the patients, there there's not a prescribed uh, set of questions to ask. There are um, it's a it's a, it's a monitoring process, and it is encouraging the therapist to ask how the subjects are feeling, and and what and what is 
what you mind. And, you know, in some cases, um, it's been known some patients start crying. Uh, some patients will uh, potentially get angry for certain periods of time. They do have eye shades on. The set and setting is, is very important, as, uh, as many of you viewers might know. So you've got your eye shades on. You're listening to this prescribed um, music that is playing. Uh, and really, every experience is different based on uh, the subject's uh, background but really is an opportunity to spend uh, eight hours with two therapists, you know, examining the, the journeys of your life and, um, and what led you down to this destructive behavior and, uh, and it provides insight to, uh, to sort of next steps. And so I just want to be clear though, there is, um, there is two, uh, there, there's, there's a total of uh, 14 different visits to the clinic, including, you know, getting all your blood work done and your, uh, and your health checks done. Uh, but there are two preparatory motivational enhancement ser- therapy sessions. So there's two one hour sessions, and then there's an eight hour uh, dosing session. And then there's a post uh, dosing day session of motivational enhancement therapy. And then a second eight-hour dosing session uh, with uh, psilocybin again, and then a and a post and integration session. So it's two psychedelic therapy sessions, four motivational enhancement therapy sessions, and that is what really drives the efficacy. I want to make sure I understand. So the idea here is we don't think the psilocybin is necessarily changing brain chemistry or any of those drivers. Is it reducing my desire and need to drink? Is that the concept? So the, the the concept is as well is there is an element of neuroplasticity, uh, and so the science is still developing to this point. But it does show when a patient is in a second in a, in a psilocybin session that the neuro, neuro, neurological activity in the brain is is enhanced considerably, uh, and so uh, science has shown that there is potentially um, a growth in certain uh, neurological activity and certain brain stems. Um, and so that is, that is, that is where the science is leaning. So it's a combination of enhanced uh, neurological activity that provides this insight into one's self-destructive path in life that is, uh, supported by the, uh, psychedelic therapy session and these, these counselors, this trauma is, uh, processed is, uh, is what we believe to a certain extent. And then, um, and then it's the you know it's the post it's the integration sessions afterwards where now this is where the the questioning is is there's more prescribed questioning in regards to trying to determine specifically you know how was your how was your session what sort of insights did you uh, did you come to and uh, and so there's more of a prescribed question set in regards to integration sessions uh, after the psychedelic therapy after the psychedelic. Uh, sessions. And so really, um, you know, psychedelic medicine is the, you know, pushing new realms in regards to neuropsychiatry. And it is the uh, arguably the most uh, fastest growing sector of, of research in regards to uh, neuropsychiatry, neuropsychiatry. And there hasn't been a big leap forward in uh, mental health and addiction treatment since, um, you know, SSRIs were introduced in the 90s. So uh, it's a uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, definitely exciting time, and we're really grateful for. Yeah, it is an exciting time, isn't it, to to think about these drugs in a different way. There is another program next week. We're going to be talking about ketamine, and uh, kind of similar. It's a uh, it's anex- actually an anesthetic. It uh, is used to relieve pain and, and kind of put you out. But there's a different way to use this that is a home based 
therapy for depression. So if, for those people who suffer from these you know, terrible emotional disorders, uh, it's been a pretty dark period with not a lot of new progress, but things are changing, and that's what we're going to take a look at next week as we look at ketamine therapy that you could do at home. So more on that coming up soon. All right, on the other side of the half hour, we're going to step back into a more traditional look at how can you use fitness, strength, and uh, some balance challenges to find out how likely are you to live a long and healthy life. New research on that one. And then why is it so darn hard to stay healthy after the age of 50? Why do we all tend to gain weight and uh, lose strength? So we'll get to all of that in the next half hour. 100 patients. Don't know where you're at in that count, but uh, might be a good idea to, if you're interested, to take action soon. All right. On the other side of the half hour, why is it some people can be 99, 100 years old and still be healthy? How can you get in on that? That's coming up next on Health Call Live Radio Hour. Podcasts by Federated Media.